Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, October 19th, 2018, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the Red Sox advancing to the World Series. They won four straight games in the ALCS after losing Game 1 to the Houston Astros in Fenway. They win Game 2, and then they go into Houston and win Games 3, 4, and 5. David Price is the story. I will react to all of that and look ahead to the World Series, which will begin next week. I will also preview Week 7 in the NFL with my DraftKings. Gotta have them play for Sunday's slate. And I'll give you picks, picks for Week 7 Producer Pete is also in studio today on a Friday. Usually, Pete, you're only in on Mondays, but here you are now on Friday, and you have your Red Sox sweatshirt on. You're ready to go. It's a big um, day. It's, it's a big day for us. It's a huge day. I so had to make a special appearance. Pete swings by. We got a good show for you. We'll talk Patriots, Bears as well. All of it presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C at DraftKings. You can draft a new team every week with no season-long commitments. And Week 7 in the NFL is underway, so sign up right now for the $1.25 million play action contest for Sunday's Week 7 slate. $1.25 million in total prizes with $100,000 going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play in this contest for free by signing up using promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 at BetOnline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus with college football, the NFL, and now the Major League Baseball postseason and even... The NBA has begun, and the NHL, and any other sport that you want to find. This is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. And Pete, as we sit here today, uh, the morning after the Red Sox clinched the American League Championship, and they're going to the World Series to play the winner of the Dodgers-Brewers Series. And I think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think that the Red Sox are going to be playing L.A. in the World Series. But the question everybody is asking today is, are the Red Sox going to fly me to the World Series? Whether it's L.A. or Milwaukee, are the Red Sox going to pay for my trip And if the Red Sox win the World Series, here's the other question people are asking today, Pete. If the Red Sox win the World Series, am I going to get a ring? (laughs) Why do you feel part of the team Well, I mean, they named Jackie Bradley Jr. the MVP of the ALCS last night. And yeah, he had a couple big hits, right? And we know how good his defense is. But, um, you know, I guess I wonder, is David Price looking like a stud last night if I allowed that Houston Astros creep to keep lurking next to the Red Sox dugout? I don't know. You tell me. What <laughs> Are the Red Sox going to be flying me to the World Series? Are they going to pay for my trip? And if they win the World Series, are they going to give me a ring? I think they owe you one, at least. And am I taking credit for the Red Sox success right now? It sounds like it, but let, in all seriousness, um, I am not taking credit for what David Price did last night. I'm not taking credit for anything the Red Sox did. That was David Price out there? A David Price... <laughs> Last night in Game 5, you know, this series, the story of this series has really been incredible. Chris Sale versus Justin Verlander, Game 1, last Saturday night at Fenway. Pete, we were there. We were. We were at the game. And um, that's really where all the the chaos this week for me began. Oh, yeah. You were sitting next to me as I got a couple text messages telling me what happened down in the third inning with an Astros employee removed from a credentialed area that he did not have a credential to be in. The Astros put up a stink, said he should be there. He had a camera. 
He was texting frequently. And um, at the time, I don't think we realized how big it actually was. No. Well, once I did my digging the next yeah. day, right? I did a little digging the next day. I found out that it was the Cleveland Indians that had tipped off the Red Sox. Or at least, you know, what I could confirm mm-hmm. was that the tip-off came from Cleveland because this man was acting suspiciously in the ALDS. You know, when I made that report, that exclusive breaking news report for the Boston Metro newspaper that everybody picked up, that, you know, not everybody wanted to say my name. <laughs> we read a couple stories this morning, which is just humorous. Who is it, Jeff Passan? Or Passan, however the uh, fuck you say his name, for Yahoo, Yahoo Sports? Yeah. We read a story on Yahoo Sports. All right, Jeff Passan, or Passan, whatever his name is. He he probably doesn't know how to pronounce my name either, but he, we wouldn't know because he hasn't tried to fucking say it. So... We read a story on Yahoo Sports. You would have thought that he broke this story. He broke. He got the name of the guy. Can I tell you something? I could have got the name of the guy too. But I didn't. There was part of me that didn't feel comfortable about that aspect of it. But it helps you confirm, right? It helps you confirm stuff. Look, I I wanted. You knew what he was was wearing though, didn't you? I knew what he was wearing. I know what what he he was wearing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Listen. I know everything about this situation, and that's why I reported it. I love it. And even knowing everything, I was so close to not reporting it because there were a couple questions that I needed to be, I needed things to be confirmed, and then Major League Baseball confirmed it for me, and I said, we got to run with it. My editor, Matt Burke at the Boston Metro, we were talking, and we said, how can we not run with this story now? Here's the thing about people not giving me the proper credit. Now, a lot of people have given me the proper credit, and I want to say thank you to those people. And a lot of people uh, people here in, in Boston and in the Boston sports media and not even sports media, just media in general. Not everybody in this town has said my name, but um, a lot of people have. And I want to say thank you to them because, I, to be honest, I didn't really expect them to do it, right? I mean, you know what type of business this is. This, is a, this can be a dirty game. In this business and not, you know, there are a lot of people that that just don't like when they get maybe beaten to a story, especially one of this magnitude, especially by someone like me. Right. And they don't necessarily like that. So I, I didn't I didn't know if I was going to get the proper credit, but I did. And I want to say thank you to the people that, that gave me the proper credit. But nationally, I mean, ESPN, say my name. I stayed up till like two in the morning. Linda Cohn, 2 a.m. Sports Center. Come on, Linda. That would have been my career moment. I would, that would have been a walk-off for me. I'm done. I'm out of here. Linda Cohn, say my name. She didn't do it. Yeah, her story was broke. And then one of our, and then one of our guys followed up. And well, one of your guys followed up. But what was he following up on? The only reason he followed up on something is because I broke it. Nobody was breaking this. Nobody would know about this. You know? Who knows what would have happened if this creep is still lurking next to the Red Sox dugout spying on him. I, listen. Listen. I love how he's a creep now. No, he's a creep. He's creep. Big time creep. Right? H- huge he's creep. Creep. Huge creep. Astros are like, oh, we were making sure we were making sure that they weren't spying on us. I love how Major League Baseball is trying to bury this. And I told you in an emergency podcast that I came in here and recorded Wednesday night after all my media hits that day. You know, everybody wanted to talk to me. So, it, it, except for the national people. The national people didn't really want to get get me on, right? We we were going to try to do that. I guess they didn't want me on. I guess they wanted to take the people that just piggybacked off my story. That that those are the people they wanted. Fine, whatever. National media, they didn't want to acknowledge me. They want nothing to do with me. ESPN never wants to say my name. Fine. Fine. I guess I'm just going to have to live with that, right? It, it, like we get to a point where it's like how can you get ESPN to mention you or acknowledge you? If they couldn't mention me or acknowledge me for this, Pete then I'm never going to, there's nothing, there's nothing, no that, chance. there's nothing that I can do. Nothing. Nothing. No chance. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, Saturday night, I, I guess we're going around in circles here, but, but Saturday night, and I explained all this in a, in an emergency podcast on Wednesday night, I came mm-hmm. in here and, um, again, it's funny that major league baseball is kind of burying this, but what I told you was my belief and it's an educated belief is that. Major League Baseball will revisit this Houston Astros creep. They will revisit this situation, this incident. They just don't want to do it right now. And they're going to tell you this is an issue that's closed because that's what they want you to believe because they would prefer to go on with the postseason and even the World Series as if that's not a storyline. They don't want that to be a storyline, okay? And I don't blame them for it. Now, it's less of a storyline now that Houston's been eliminated. But... 
you know, there was a chance that maybe Houston gets some life with Verlander on the mound in Game 5 at home, and, and you never know what could happen, and people don't want, you know, the last thing they would want is Houston to get to the World Series and have the top story going into the World Series be about this spy and this creep who's sitting next to other teams' dugouts. Like, they don't want that to be a story. So they're telling us it's closed. I told you in an emergency podcast, I even posted a video, I put it on YouTube, I put it on social media, a little clip of it where I'm telling you my belief, and it is based on people I'm talking to, is that they will revisit this in the winter, okay? So there's a little more inside information for you. Now, that said, Saturday night, Pete, we're at the game, you know, I get the info, I do some digging, and um, it's just funny how this series played out because we're sitting there, and what was, when we get that information, when I get that information... And I told you about the Red Sox spy. I think he kind of laughed at me, right? Kind of when, when, when you when you told me, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. You laughed at me, yeah. and and I actually laughed at me after yeah. that. I was like, oh, yeah, they're spying on the Red Sox. Whatever. I caught a spy. You what, said. What, That's what you said. Yeah. I caught a spy. What? What were we more concerned about? Because I know what I was concerned about at the time. We were concerned about Chris Sale. Chris Sale's velocity. Yes. It was like eighty nine, ninety. We were concerned about that. Come to find out, you know, Chris Sale now. He went to the hospital. They kept him overnight. He's got a stomach illness. You know, my conspiracy theories that I have, I don't believe it. I think it's a shoulder issue. Um, you know, was there a procedure in the hospital with the shoulder? Maybe. And maybe they needed, you know, they wanted to, they knew he was going to be seen in the hospital. So they're like, oh, it was stomach illness. Now, I hope he's obviously okay. I hope his health is okay. I don't believe them when they tell us stomach illness, though. I, I don't. Call me a conspiracy theorist all you want. I, you know, I think it's shoulder related. That's just my opinion. I don't, I'm actually not, let me clarify here. I know because you think I have all these scoops and I do. This is not a scoop. This is my own personal belief. My own personal conspiracy theory that is not based on anything other than what I saw in game one, which is that I think there's a shoulder issue here still. And that's going to be a major storyline moving forward into the World Series. But the Red Sox get to the World Series after Chris Sale, give, you know, you know, walks four guys, hits a batter in game one, doesn't have the velocity, and the Red Sox lose game one. And then, even in game two, Pete, that Sunday night we were watching the Patriots and the Red Sox, David Price was no good. So, I mean... He was okay. And, he was okay. We talked about this. Yes, he got did. a standing ovation, okay, yeah. but me and you would, not, would no. never have given him a no. standing ovation for that. Um, But still... You end up winning that game. Yeah, he was David right? Price. Jackie Bradley yeah. Jr., big hit. Oh, yeah. And then you go into Houston, and you win three straight in Houston. And and you close it out in Houston with David Price on the mound. You don't even go back to Chris Sale. You go to David Price on short rest, by the way. On short rest. Last night, Thursday night, game five, a chance to win the American League championship, go to the World Series, David Price is on the mound against Justin Verlander. Pete, how did you feel going into this game about Price on the mound against Verlander? Did you bet on this? I did not bet on this. You did not. You stayed away. No, I didn't. But I'll tell you what, I felt a lot better after that first inning. I didn't feel that great going into it with him starting the game. Um, But after that first inning, I was excited. Yeah. I was excited to see the rest of the game. I was excited to see what else he had. Throwing 96 right out the gate. I mean, he was 94 to 96, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was up there. Uh, look, He was pumping it. Look, here, and here's the final line on David Price. The Red Sox obviously win the game. Price was awesome. Rafael Devers had the big home run off Justin Verlander in the sixth inning, a three-run home run. And Devers, who, by the way, wasn't, remember me and you, mm-hmm. were complaining at Fenway in game one with Verlander on the mound going, why isn't Devers in the lineup? And, and, and Nunez was terrible at third base and... and and, you know, might have even cost them that game. So it's like, all right, now you put Devis in against Verlander. When you, you're basically admitting that you got that wrong mm-hmm. in game one, right? Cora is basically admitting that he got it wrong. He puts Devis in the lineup against Verlander. I've been telling you, Devis should be in the lineup every game. He's a stud. We learned that last year. We learned that he was a fearless kid. No fear in this kid's eyes. We learned that last year in his first year in the league. He should be in every day. A lefty, righty, um... Guys who throw lefty and ready? I don't know. He should be in every day. Rafael Devers. And he had the big home run. And uh, the Red Sox win the game. They went to Kimbrel. 
right? I Again. Thought, I thought they might have kept Evaldi Holy in. Shit. You had to go to Kimbrell. I'm saying it at the time. I'm going, you can't lose Kimbrell. If you think you go in the World Series, you need a closer. You need Evaldi to start again at some point. You you know you need who, to build his confidence. That's what he needs to do. You know what I mean? Kimbrell needed to go out on that mound, and he did. Hey, Red Sox are going the World Series, but the story's David Price. And he ends up giving you six scoreless innings, three hits, nine strikeouts, 93 pitches. This is the guy. In his first win as a starting pitcher in the postseason, Finally, gets that monkey off his back, right? Finally, David Price, all those deep breaths that he takes on that mound. Finally, he can take one before he goes to bed after a postseason start, and he can sleep well. David Price was awesome. And we are living in a world right now in Major League Baseball, Pete. We're in the postseason. Six scoreless innings, 93 pitches is the equivalent of like, a complete game Absolutely. 10 years ago. They were talking about right? Nolan Ryan's efforts back in the day. Still throwing 235 pick pitches. Complete yeah, game. I mean. Like, that's absurd. Even going back to Beckett in 2007. You know, you're looking at Josh Beckett going, hey, yeah, I expect mm-hmm. him to go seven or eight. You know. He, he, yeah, six, we, six solid innings is, is good. We is live good in a postseason that's world really now where these managers are so quick to put in even one of their top relievers early on in a game just to make sure they get through the middle of another team's lineup and they they, they live and die inning to inning, right? It's like one of those yeah, things. just one base runner. Yeah, they, yeah. they don't want to leave the starter in if he gets in a little trouble. Like, they're quick to, to yank him. So six scoreless innings, just in general in the postseason, is the equivalent of like eight innings or a complete game from going back like 10 years ago. It's just it's crazy the way it works now. But then you factor in that it's David Price – and you can only imagine the type of pressure that was on him. And I know you could say, well, they're up 3-1. Three, three, there should be no pressure. Fuck that. So much pressure on this guy. Verland is on the other side. You're in Houston. I didn't put money on this game, Pete. But if you made me put money, you would never see me putting money on David Price and the Red Sox last night. You never would have saw it. I would have said, nope, please. Verlander all day, every day in this one. They're not losing three straight in Houston. It's just not happening. And they're not doing it with David Price on short rest, mind you, on the other end. So David Price was incredible last night, okay? And you talk about that first inning, Pete, how you knew after the first inning. Mm -hmm. And I did too. And and it wasn't you mentioned velocity, and yeah, he was working his off speed. Price was changing the eye level. He was throwing high, you know, fastballs upstairs just, just to change the eye level again. But but that to me that wasn't the the thing that jumped off the screen. And there are a couple guys I've I've been able to pinpoint this with when I'm watching them pitch, and and I know that they got it, or I know that they're feeling it, and I know that there's a good chance they're gonna have a very good night. I used to say this about Clay Buckholtz. I could tell with Buckholtz just the way he would push off the rubber. Just the way he would bounce off the mound with his follow-through early in the first inning, I could tell if he was going to have a good night. I I can't do it with everybody, and I can't do it with many guys, but there are a couple guys I could do it with. Buckholtz is one. There was a different type of jump. There was a different type of push off that rubber. He was driving off that rubber a little bit differently. And just the bounce that he had with his follow-through was aggressive, was was confident. And the word I always use, because I, I basically steal the word from, you know, some pitches that I've talked to who have struggled and then found success in the past. I'm like, well, what's the reason? And they're like, well, it's simple. You got to throw with conviction. Right, you got to have confidence. You have to throw with conviction, and with that conviction comes that little bounce off the rubber. Last night in the first inning, David Price had a bounce off the rubber that I hadn't seen from him even when he was having success in this regular season. David Price had something special going last night from a confidence standpoint, and he said after the game that he found something when he was throwing in the bullpen the night before, like. Now, I don't know what that is, and maybe maybe it's already out there and I just missed it. But, like, what was... You know, that kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like, listen, like, if I was the Red Sox and I'm like... Like, if I'm the Red Sox GM, which, again, when you step into my world, like... You, yeah, are, the, I'm, you I'm, are the GM. I'm in the media, yeah. but I am the imaginary Red Sox GM because that position is technically not filled. There's an assistant GM, and then there's Dave Dombrowski, the president of baseball operations. There is no... GM. 
So as long as that's open, I am the imaginary Red Sox GM. And when I put my imaginary GM cap on, which basically never comes off, I wake up every day with it on and I, because I go to bed with it on. But when I have that on at all times, and I hear this comment from David Price after the game saying he figured it out the night before. You know, he was warming up in the bullpen late in game four. He says he figured something out that night. If I'm the Red Sox GM, if I'm Dave Dombrowski, I'm going, dude, we're paying you $30 million. That's when you figure it out? Okay. I mean, we'll take it. But, like, let's go now. That's when you figure it out? Here's what he figured out. He figured out, we win one more game, we're going to the World Series. I think he just figured out. Let's go. I think he just basically figured out, like, um, you know what? You only do this once, and I have nothing to lose, and I can't be worried about what people are going to say to me, so I'm just going to go out and say, fuck it, and sling it. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, remember when Drew Bledsoe stepped in front of Tom Brady at the first Super Bowl? Charlie Weiss is like, hey, Tom, you know, play it conservatively. Let's go. Let's take this to overtime. Drew Bledsoe stepped in front. Charlie Weiss starts walking off the field to go get a hot dog, and Drew Bledsoe steps in front of him, and he says to Tom, hey, fuck that. Go out there and sling it, okay? They drive down the field. Vinatieri kicks the field goal. The Patriots are Super Bowl champions. The Patriots are Super Bowl champions. I mean, I think that mentality is what David Price found the night before in, in the bullpen. That's what he found. He had to have found it, Pete, because to me, the only difference was that confidence. The only difference was the way he was bouncing off that rubber, driving off that rubber. David Price last night was throwing with conviction and the type of conviction that I haven't seen from him in a long, long time, even when he was having success this season. David Price showed up in the big moment, and I'm not going to lie to you, I would never put my money on him doing that ever again in his career. (laughs) I never would have. But you know where I'm at now with David Price because of that conviction that he displayed in Game 5 of the ALCS, Pete? You know where I'm at? David Price needs to start Game 1 of the World Series Tuesday night. <laughs> we went from not having him in the starting rotation to start the series. He needs to, David to start Price, in Game 1 of the World Series. He needs to start Game 1 of the Holy World Series. Shit. The World Series begins Tuesday night at Fenway. It's on Fox. They're playing either the Dodgers or the Brewers. I think they're going to be playing the Dodgers. Okay? But here's the schedule regardless of who they're playing. Game 1, Tuesday night. Next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, October 23rd, it's at Fenway on Fox. Game two, Wednesday, the following night at Fenway. They will have Thursday off, next Thursday off. Then, games three, four, and five, it's a 2-3-2 series. Games three, four, and five will be next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, either in L.A. or Milwaukee. I do not want to go to Milwaukee, so I'll be rooting for the Dodgers. And the question is, am I going to L.A.? And, you know, to go back to the question we opened the show with, should the Red Sox be paying for my flight? Because of my report on the Houston Astros <laughs> creep that was just being a complete bug with a camera and texting and stealing signals. It's exactly what he was doing. Everybody knows it, and they're burying it, and Major League Baseball will revisit in the winter. Do I deserve, uh, uh, you know, the Red Sox to fly me out? Hey, I, I'm not going to ask them to do it, but if they if they would like to, I will accept that. That flight, that round-trip flight. I mean, you had their back. Now it's time they have your back, right? Yeah, and just to clarify, I think that if this went the other way, I probably still would have reported it. You know, just to clarify. Like, if it was, like, you know, a Red Sox creep next to the Astros dugout, if I had heard that. Mm -hmm. um, That's what a good journalist does. You know, I would would have reported it. So, but whatever. I, I mean, it happened. I reported it. It was a top story. I don't, it's obviously not a story anymore for right now while Houston is eliminated, so we move on. I don't know if I'm going to L.A. or Milwaukee. I mean, ideally, Podcast One, who, you know, we just recently signed with, it's like, they're in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Like, ideally, you know, they would, you know, the good folks at Bet Online would say, well, let's, let's get them out here, right? Let's do some remote broadcast, Right? At Dodger Stadium. Like, hey, let's go. Let's do it. Let's get him a ticket. I, I, I don't know if let's that's going to happen. Let's get him two. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. But that, but listen, the schedule, games three, four, and five, either in L.A. or in Milwaukee, next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they'll have the following Monday off, 
And Game 6 and 7, if necessary, will be at Fenway, with Game 7 being on Halloween, October 31st. Trick or treat at Fenway. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> what? It's not <laughs> going to be a Game 7? It's not going to be a Game 7. Come on. I don't How know. How confident you do you feel know. in these socks? You never know. Well, first of all, and again, I say Chris Sale, but look, they basically won this series without him, mm-hmm. right? In five games. And do you uh, honestly feel that any of the National League teams are better than the Astros? No, no. I don't. I don't. Think either. about who the Red Sox beat. They beat the Yankees. Yeah. And they beat the Astros. They Two, both have 100 wins. 100 win teams, dude. And, and, and so now it's like, but here's the deal. Human nature, Pete. Human nature. Just giving a little lesson to the kids out there. Human nature is a real thing. And so the letdown, you know, again, not to... Not to say that I think this is a group that doesn't have the character to be successful in the World Series, but I think when you beat two teams like this, okay, and you do it in the fashion that you did it, I think there is absolutely now, when you get a period, you get a couple of days off, you know, are, are you going to be maybe overlooking your competition a little they bit? Let their guy are, down are you going to be bit. trying to already, yeah. are you already on the duck boat, you know, claiming your seat? Do you already I know, know I what am. duck boat you're on? Do you already, are you already thinking about who's going to be on your duck boat with you? Are I'm you going to be on the third one. Are you going to put me on a duck boat? You know what I mean? Like, so we know th- where we are. We just want to make sure these, they know where These they are. are things that if you're thinking about, it might affect you in this series early on. Which, if it does, could force this thing to go a little bit longer than me and you probably both expect. You know, if we look at this thing and just match it up, the lineups, the pitching staff. I mean, let's acknowledge that the Dodgers have some good pitching. I mean, they have one of the best pitchers in the league. Kershaw, and you saw what he did the other night. So, I mean, you know, and we might see him again in that series if if need be in a desperate situation. So, look, the Dodgers, don't sleep on them. They're a good team. They're a good team. And they've been there. They were there last year. And, they're that you know, it's, could it be that type of team that's like, hey, you lost it last year. You learned from your mistakes. I'm telling you, human nature might kick in. And I think this series, I, I could see a game seven at Fenway. On Halloween, there's no question. Would I take the Red Sox? Yeah, but now the question is: Well, how is how, what's the Red Sox rotation going to look like? What's what's up with Chris Sale? Let's just and, and Pete, I'm giving you my rotation right now. This is what I would do if I'm the Red Sox. I'm giving you my rotation. This is what I would do, and this is if Chris Sale's completely healthy. I don't know that he is. I don't know that he's going to be, but let's just say he is. Okay, here's my rotation. David Price in Game 1 because it's on normal rest, right? It's Game 1's Tuesday night at Fenway, so you just had Thursday night. He pitched on short rest. You're going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He pitches Tuesday. That's normal rest, right? Four days off is normal rest. Then I'm going Chris Sale in Game 2 at Fenway. Then in Game 3 in either L.A. or Milwaukee, I'm going Nathan Evaldi. Nathan, where have you been all my life, Evaldi? I'm going with him. He th- was throwing 101 miles an hour last night out of the pen. This is a guy you have to... And the reason I'm starting him in Game 3 over Porcello is because I'm looking ahead. And if I, if this thing is going 7, Pete, this is why I brought up Game 7, potentially. If you're Alex Cora, I think you have to look at this like, if this thing is going 7, who's your Game 7 starter? You have to set it up like that. It's got to be Evaldi. Game 7 starter is Nathan Evaldi. In my opinion, you pitch him game two because you got to start the you got to start the series with your best guys in the first two, and I still think you got to throw Sale into there. But we'll go David Price game one. I think David Price, you got to keep rolling with his confidence right now. You have to. You'd be crazy not to, in my opinion. You go with Price, then you go Sale game two, Evaldi game three, setting Evaldi up as the game seven starter because the two three two, you know, it's it would be tough to. To, to then, you know, have your game. You can't have your game four started going in game seven. So I got Porcello in game four, which means that Porcello available out of the pen early on in the series and then also again late. Evaldi game three and game seven. Porcello game four. Price game five again. Sale game six. And then again, Evaldi game seven. That's what I'm doing. Price, sale, Evaldi, Porcello. Price, sale, Evaldi. That's my seven-game series. Red Sox rotation. I don't think that's the biggest question in this series, though. The biggest question, Pete, in the series is what you're doing on the road 
in a National League ballpark where you lose the DH, either in L.A. or in Milwaukee. Games three, four, and five, three days in a row. Yeah, the Sox have what some, are you doing? some decisions to make. Because really you're not, big I mean, Ben Attendee, monster catch. Jackie Bradley Jr., we know about his defense, but he's been swinging a hot stick. You're going to take him out of the lineup? You're not taking Mookie Betts out of the lineup. So what are you doing with J.D. Martinez? You're not going to take him out of the lineup. He has to play first base in L.A. or Milwaukee, right? He's never played first base in his life, at least not at the major league level. He's played the outfield, and he's been a DH. So, can J.D. Martinez play first? We what? better hope so. He has to, right? <laughs> we better hope so. You know, because unless you're moving, are you moving Ben Attendee to first? Like, what are you, what, yeah. what's the move here? What's the move? And you can't just think yeah. about it like just throwing somebody at first base, especially with all the struggles the, the Sox infield, especially, you know, at third base, has had throwing the ball, yeah. fielding the ball. So it's not just somebody you can just throw over there. No, you're going to need... They they have to be re- ready to play, be able to make some plays. So, uh, <laughs> we we did mention this before. If David Ortiz can do it, I think anybody can do it. Well, let's I, not. I think anybody. Can do it. Let's not right? knock Big Poppy. I'm not trying to use no, this to knock Big Poppy. We're not knocking him. I'm saying okay. if he can do it, if he can jump in and do it, and right. get it done. Yeah, but David Ortiz was I a think, first baseman. I think JD in Martinez. In fairness, David Ortiz was a first baseman. But I right? think JD Martinez has the capabilities to do this. He's in a big spot. He wants to be in the lineup. He's going to want to prove himself. He's going to have to step up. He's going to He's gonna, I mean, they're going to have to. But Because think about this. I mean, would they take Jackie Bradley Jr. out and put Mookie in center? Like, you know, are they taking Ben Attendee out? You want to take Ben Attendee out of the lineup and put J.D. in left? I hope they don't overthink do you it. you want to take Ben? I hope they don't overthink Here's it overthinking. With, the ma- with the matchup. Here's right? what they'll do overthinking. They'll take Ben Attendee out, okay, against the lefty and put J.D. Martinez in See, I think field. they would take Jackie out, right? And then put, he's, he's, he's hitting too well. You can't I don't do think it. He's, see, when you think about hitting too well, his average isn't that great. Yeah, right? he's but he's getting big the big spots, right? hits. He's hitting the, he's he's, the big he's, home run. Right. The big no, there's, there's no doubt about doubles. There's no doubt about that. But Ben Attendee has, I think his his on-base percentage has been ridiculous that whole series. He's he's he always he's, he's the number two batter. You can't take him out of the lineup. You can't take him out of the I lineup. I said you can't take Devis out of the lineup, and they've been yanking him out. They finally put him back in. And and he and he get gets the big home run off Verlander. You can't take Devers out. You know the question is with D- the Dodgers left handers. I mean, I could see maybe against Kershaw they put. Well, no, well Kershaw he won't be pitching in L.A. So I have to see what the rotations yeah. are to to match it up like that. But uh, you're right. Don't. It's a o- good problem to have hey, right now. You're right. Don't overthink it. The problem is they're gonna overthink it because <laughs> this is Major League Baseball in 2018. It's a it's a world yeah. in which they're just overthinking shit left and right. But in a in my world, which sometimes can be a video game world, <laughs> right? Um, in my video game world, JD Martinez is playing first base. That, bet, that's I, it. It's as simple. It is as simple as that. Because I think you have to say, what is my best lineup if you're Alex Cora? My best batting order here on the road. Knowing, knowing that I already am going to have my pitcher hitting. Right? What's my best lineup? Obviously with J.D. Martinez and that whole outfield in the game. Put J.D. Martinez at first. Put him at first. What would be the problem with that? Pete, what would be the problem with that? What, like, if you're the Red Sox, why would you say? Because he's never played there before? I know. It's the World Series. It's a it's a big spot to play a position for the first time. But it's not like you stick. It's not like you're making him take grounders at shortstop or at third base, right? You're not putting him on the hot corner. At least we're not talking about throwing him at third base. Right? That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about first base. You're stretching your leg. You're catching a ball. You might have to pick a couple out of the dirt. J.D. Martinez He's is a ball a, player. He's a professional athlete. Yeah. He can pick a couple out of the dirt. Scoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scoops Martinez. He can do it. Put him at, you know, we're not asking him to catch. Put him at first base. What's the problem with that? That's your best lineup. Here's the problem. Pete, they're not going to do it. You know that? They're not going to do it. They're not going to do that. But they should. They should. But they're not. So we'll see what they do. I, I, I'm probably thinking it's either, it's, you're not going to take Mookie out. You're either taking Jackie Bradley and Ben Attendee, but it's like, how can you take those guys out? 
it's a what a problem to have. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, I think it's an easy solution if you want to think like me, and that's just put Martinez at first. No. But they're probably not going to do that, especially uh, when their outfield is the best outfield going right now. Yeah, defensively. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to break that up. Um. All right, that's what we got. What else? Kimbrel. Apparently, he was tipping pitches. Hopefully, he, f- he figures that out. You got to keep going with him though. Because I don't think you can lose him mentally, right? I think if you don't go to him in a save situation in the ninth, you then get yourself into a situation as a manager where you probably can't use him again because if you think he's lost at that moment on the mound, what? how lost is he going to be when you lose all confidence in him and don't even go to him? Um, Tipping pitches, though? That was his problem? They say... Throw fucking strikes. I, that's what I'm that's saying. That's what it's all I, I don't think it was... That's, all, that's his only problem right there. Throw strikes. Uh, make them make the, make the plays and... and yeah, put the pressure and on pound him. the fastball. Yeah, do, it, do it like the kid Hayden for Milwaukee, which is you're just getting on that mound and you're just pumping it in. And you're basically saying, hey, if you can hit this, I'll tip my cap. But you're not going to hit it because right now I'm going to throw it right by you with conviction. It's all about conviction. You can talk about tipping pitches. Price can talk about what he discovered in the bullpen the night before. It's about throwing the baseball with conviction. We know these guys got it. We, we know these guys have the, the tools to be able to go out and dominate. It's what's going on between the ears. What are you thinking about? How much confidence do you have in everything that's in your toolbox? It's about throwing with conviction. And, um, you know, it's good to see that you saw some of that last night out of price. What a game. What a series. And now we move on to the World Series. Uh, I, we will get into... A little bit more of a preview on Monday uh, because I'm sure by then we'll know the actual rotation. We'll know what Alex Cora is thinking with regards to what they're going to do when they get to the National League ballpark. But, um, Pete, what's up? Am I missing anything here? Did I not? Oh, there's one more thing we got to get to real quick. because Only because I've heard everybody and their mother talking about this and I didn't really get a chance to chime in because I've been out breaking huge Major League Baseball stories and beating everybody to the punch. Um, <laughs> the Mookie Betts... Home, the home run that yes. was called, Joe West said, yes. fan interference, no home run. In game five last night, there was nearly an identical play. Fans didn't want any part of yeah, it. Everyone backed up, yeah. Now, Mookie was a little bit, it wasn't as close. It, it wasn't was, as close. It was, but it, it was, it was nearly identical. It, it wasn't, was close. I, it wasn't identical. It was close <laughs> to being identical. But it was close. Pete, what did you think of, of the call? Because Houston, you know, they were upset. They thought, you know, that should have been a difference maker. And yeah. I think there was a quote out there that said, Joe West like deserves a ring or something huh. uh, if the Red Sox win it. But I thought in the moment, it was all about the call Joe West made. Because I think when they review it, they weren't going to overturn that. So he made the call, fan interference. When we break it all down, what's your what's your reaction of, I of the I think they were in a tough spot with the camera angles alone when they went to the reviews. Yeah. I don't think they had the best camera angles on the actual play. Because if you look at it, he was a lot... He wasn't as close to the wall as I thought when he was making the leap. Obviously, the people aren't reaching out over the wall, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see that happen. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm still a, a believer. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I think it was fan interference because I think he would have caught the ball, right? But then you got to go back to thinking about the actual rule, about mm-hmm. leaning over the wall and are they interfering with play in terms of the actual field. So, as as much as I it pains me to say this, I don't think it should have been an out. An actual out. I think uh, the Major League Baseball has to come up with a new rule now, knowing that this just happened. They're going to have to come up with a new way to to rule this on the field because, if anything, I mean, I would say you got to give the guy a double. You know what I mean? Or play on. Play on as if it's a live ball. There's got to be a new rule set in stone that kind of takes this into into account now. I mean, it's it's crazy that we're sitting here talking about it, well, but but – I don't. I don't. I personally don't think he should have been out. All right. Well, I hate to say this, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, and, and and I think if they're gonna, if Major League Baseball is gonna come up with the rule, here's the rule they should come up with. They should send out a press release to every team and say, "Hey, it's good that we have fans in the building. It's good that you know they have a good time when they're sitting in their seats. They're drinking. They're catching home runs, catching foul balls. It's good that they're having fun. It's good to see humans having fun at a baseball game." Here's the problem. This game that we play, this league that we run, at the end of the day, it's not really about the fans. It's not. Like, like when you simplify what happened, player A hit, throws a baseball. Player B hits a baseball. Player C 
has a job. Either he catches that baseball or he doesn't. Tell me where a fucking fan comes in to the important parts of what this game is all about. Well, player C wouldn't be even playing if there wasn't fans involved. So they're, no, they're don't paying their that. way. Hey, guess what? what? If those fans didn't show up, there'd be more fans that would take that fan's And that place. same fan would then interfere with the play. Maybe not. Yes, they would. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Just move the seats back a little further. Don't allow them to do it. Maybe. Don't allow them to do it. That's a good question. Why do they they even have the opportunity to do Why do you have the seats so close to the wall? Make the the wall a little higher so so they're not even like, I'm sorry, the the barrier a little further back so they can't even reach over. Here's a question that people were asking. I heard people asking yesterday, and it's a great question. It's, uh, It's actually the perfect question to what I'm talking about, which is that at the end of the day, this isn't about a fan catching a ball. Like, the, the player needs an opportunity to get that ball, in my opinion, even if he has to reach into the to the stance. But the question that someone asked, which is perfect, is in an empty arena, would Mookie Betts have caught that ball? Oh, absolutely. Okay, then that's yeah. all that matters. I, but it doesn't matter. Yes, that's, that's all, all, until, but that's all that matters. Oh, so you're playing it literally to the rule. Like, here's what the rule says. Yes. Here's what I'm saying. Right. They need to rip up the rule and send out a press release that's and say, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the fans want. or they, The fans shouldn't be part of the rules. But they have to create the rules in the right... All right, then the, change the, the right, rule. Exactly, change it so that you have a decisive yes or no. The out, fans not out. shouldn't home be run, part of run. any rule in Major League Baseball. Yes, yeah, so in move any them back. sport, it's not about the fans. <laughs> move them back. It's not. Hey, people, it's in in right field in the bleachers. It's not about you. Oh, you don't want to go to the game and you're mad that I'm saying it. Guess what? Don't show up. Somebody else will. Who won't get in the way? Yeah. Who won't get in the way? <laughs> well, did you see the see the guys last night? When the when the ball was hit to Mookie and he made that almost the identical same catch. Oh, they weren't. They going. were all they were all leaning back. They yeah. were like, uh, like almost kind of yeah. overemphasizing yeah. that. I wouldn't have done that. In an empty <laughs> arena, Mookie Betts would have made that catch. They closed, and it would have been one of the greatest catches we've ever seen. They in closed his glove. <laughs> I know. Like they closed. But what are the chances of that happening? Right. So it's not until plays like this actually happen that we actually get to discuss it, and then. MLB will then review and figure out, okay, how do we change it? How do we make it better? Because it's never happened. No, before, I think they already right? changed it right back in the day with Jeter. But but think about what that play G- was. Not Jeter. It was um, totally different because the fan was literally reaching over the wall. You know what I mean? Yankee like sta- it was, was that, that was a Yankee Stadium. It was very right? blatant. I'm, I'm throwing was, a blank. That was a Yankee yeah. Stadium. Yeah, it was very blatant. What was that? Jeter hit that ball. Is that who hit it? That was yeah. It was the young kid. Uh, was it Henry? No, what the fuck? Was Jeter hit the ball yeah. though, right? Yeah, yeah. To right field, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that kid's name. I, just I know. I, I, I forget. But, I mean, those, you know, Fuck you, you had that moment, <laughs> and then you had this moment, and I, I'll say the same thing. It's like, it's not about the fan at that point. Like, it's about, is the player, no, player going to catch the ball? In an empty arena, would he catch it? If I get it, it if on that level. If you think it's level. yes, then guess what? Then, he made, then, then everybody and made I, the right call, and, and that's it. But I think that's, why, I think that's why they stuck with it, because that's what... As base sure. fans of the of the game and figuring out that okay yes he would have caught it yes the fans kind of interfered with him making an attempt on the ball I think uh-huh. that's why they stuck with it but I honestly I don't I don't think they had very good angles on that on the actual catch they only had one camera angle the whole time there was one camera angle you think you're gonna get it and then a security guy yeah. like, leans <laughs> over the wall and blocks the whole fucking it. thing I know I know because I you know what thinking about it like uh, kind of you know just going back and watching it and, and kind of thinking it over. He was when when he jumped up, he jumped up a little bit further away from the wall and then carried himself to the wall, right? So the camera from f- the frontal view doesn't allow you to see how it's far deceiving. away. It's deceiving. It's very deceiving. It doesn't allow you to see how far away he is cuz some of the guys look like they're reaching over and some of the guys are kind of just sitting there with their hands almost in their chest, right? Yeah. So it's like you really can't tell how far they're actually reaching over. It, it like you said. It's not about the fans, but they have to put something in place now that this happened where either they make the wall a little thicker so they they can't reach over or they push them back completely or they make the or they add a rule like it's a, like fans act like a wall I don't know maybe it's no holds barred fans can interfere from now on well maybe I don't or different cameras more cameras I don't I don't know um it's just in that specific play I thought it was all about the initial call cuz they weren't going to overturn yes. that and then when you look at it that night the next day you know, I asked myself, I'm like, well, what what are we talking about here? We're talking about a game. The only thing that matters is the result of this game. The only thing that matters is whether or not a player on the field makes that catch. Why Why are we in the rules factoring in what a fan does, whether he's leaning over or in the stands? If the fan 
touches the glove of the player, to me, it should automatically be ruled, you know, you're, not a home run. I think you're exactly right, but that's they don't have that as a rule, right? They don't. Put it, maybe well, they, they better should. put it in. Yes, exactly. They better put it in. Let's you get your contacts. Yeah, right to them. You know, I'll send a couple emails and texts today. Let's see what we can do. Um, so that's it, right? That's what we had. ALCS. Uh, we'll be watching the rest of the NLCS, and then of course by Monday's podcast, we will know who is in the World Series and whether or not we're going to LA or Milwaukee for games three, four, and five next Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. But uh, you know, this time of year is great because you got postseason baseball and you got the NFL getting right into the middle of the season. And uh, week seven in the NFL actually began last night with all this going on. Did you watch any of the football game last night as Denver whooped Arizona 45-10 to 10 on Thursday Night Football in Arizona? There was a football game on last yeah, night? <laughs> I, I, I turned it on. I had forgot, and then I turned it on. It was like the second quarter, and it was already like 23-3 to 3 or something. Um, yeah, I was checked and, out. I was, I'm all baseball right now. And I was like, baby. that's it. Denver's going to win. I guess their defense stepped up in Arizona, right? I guess because Case Keenum's numbers weren't crazy in this one. But Denver wins the game. They beat Arizona. Arizona's terrible. So we look ahead to the rest of Week 7. Four teams have a bye in Week 7. Green Bay, Oakland, Seattle, and Pittsburgh. Uh, there are going to be 12 total games on the Sunday slate including a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff from London. So we get an early London game. Last week, we had a London game at 1 o'clock Eastern time. This week, we get a 9.30 a.m. start, which is Tennessee versus the Chargers. That is a game that will probably drive you fucking crazy if you watch it, right? I mean, I wouldn't touch this game. Um, in London, the Chargers and the Titans, Wow. That's a drive-you-crazy game. That That's one of those. This game's going to drive you nuts. Might not even want to watch it. Uh, then, so, week seven, you got the Sunday night game of the week. It's going to be Kansas City again on NBC. They got flexed into this game. So, for the second straight week, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, will be playing in the Sunday night football game of the week. Kansas City, a six-point favorite as they host the Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas City coming off a loss to the Patriots on Sunday night football last week. One of the most impressive losses that I've seen. And the Cincinnati Bengals are coming off a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is the game of the week. They flexed Cincinnati into it uh, because of the season Cincinnati's having, but obviously because Patrick Mahomes is must-see TV. And then Week 7 will end on Monday Night Football with the Falcons hosting the brutal Eli Manning-led Giants. Eli Manning is terrible. Uh, I'm one of... Very few analysts and humans that will tell you just how bad Eli Manning is. Falcons are a four-point favorite in this one on Monday night. And then here in New England, we will be focused on the Patriots looking for their fourth straight win. Uh, They are in Chicago Sunday at 1 o'clock. That game is on CBS. Patriots coming off a win over the Chiefs. The Bears are coming off that wacky loss to Miami where you got Drake fumbling right at the goal line, right? And then somehow, Chicago lost that game somehow? Um, Like, how does that, how do you lose that game? So that's a wacky loss for the Bears. They're 3-2. and two. Uh, The Patriots are 4-2. and two. And again, I told you, uh, the Patriots are looking for their fourth straight win. Patriots got Edelman back. They're looking good. The question is, how healthy is Khalil Mack going to be? I think he had an ankle injury in that game against Miami last week. And also, being in Chicago, 1 o'clock, that Bears defense. Patriots, 2.5-point favorite on the road. But I, I'm not touching this game. You know that? This could be... this. I'm not touching this game. Uh, they're going to be loud in Chicago. That Again, that we've seen how good that defense is. I don't know that I buy into Trubisky against the Belichick defense that... You know, I say improving, but they did let up 40 points at home to Kansas City. I still think that says more about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the McCourty's had a bad night, but Mahomes is special, special quarterback. Um, I I would just stay away. I think, look, I think if you made me pick who wins the game, I say Patriots win, not just because I'm wearing a Patriots zipper up today. Um, yeah, you get the Pats, I got the Red Sox. So I, I just, just straight up home. I just yeah. think that... The Patriots are better than the Bears. That's all. But 
you know, when I look at the schedule, like if Patriots are going to lose another game, this I think we could look back at this one and maybe say this is one of the this was one of the tougher games in Chicago. A Bears team that's hungry, a Bears team that's got life with Khalil Mack on the defensive end, and uh, a Bears team that that has some expectations this year. So. I don't think it's going to be easy, and because of that, I think I would stay away from this one because it's on the road. If it was at Gillette, maybe I would be more certain that the Patriots would win. But um, that's what we got looking at Week 7, which brings me to my picks as we wrap up the show. Usually every Thursday, we waited until Friday to give you this podcast this week because we wanted to wait until Games 3, 4, and 5 in Houston between the Red Sox and the Astros were done. Um, So here I am on a Friday. I'm going to give you my picks. And my DraftKings gotta have him play for Sunday's slate. Last week, I gave you Matt Ryan, and I nailed it. It, it was probably the first one that I nailed all season long. And this week, I am going with Javis Landry, Cleveland Browns wide receiver. Javis Landry, 7300 bucks on DraftKings for Sunday's slate. He's the fourth most expensive wide receiver. Uh, the Browns are in Tampa Bay. Cleveland is playing the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has the worst defense in the NFL, allowing 35 points per game. I just think Landry's due. He only had three DFS points last week. Okay? He's a good receiver. Yeah, he gets attention, but I believe Baker Mayfield's going to have a day. Landry gets about 10 targets a game against this defense. Man, that should be good for a big day for Javis Landry. Now, I was thinking about taking Baker Mayfield, right? I was thinking about that. But instead, and Pete, you kind of talked me into this, Javis Landry at 7,300, that is my gotta have him play. I think Landry's set up for a big day. I don't know how many people are going to think about taking a Browns wide wide receiver uh, in this game. So, you know, I'll take the receiver that I think is going to have a big one. 7,300 Javis Landry. That's my DraftKings. Got to have him play for Sunday in Week 7. Sign up today at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com, which brings me to the segment that everybody has been waiting for now. Since I had a perfect week six with my picks, I went 5-0 and last week. Picks, picks! Every week, I give you five NFL games, just straight-up winners as part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. So uh, why don't we get into it right now? Hit the music! Picks, picks for week seven as part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge is presented by Bet Online. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. I am 19-11 and 11 on the season, Pete. And uh, again, this is just picking straight up winners. I went 5-0 and 0 last week in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. I'm still kind of near the basement of the standings, but my perfect week last week, you know, I'm, I'm within striking distance. So um, we need another perfect week is what I'm telling you. Here's the problem that I'm running into in this Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. People are cheating. <laughs> you know that? They're cheating. Scott Perron, MLB Network, Shaquille O'Neal, Adam Carolla, they're cheating. We get an email every week, and the email's simple. It says, you can only pick from Sunday's games. You know what they did last week? They took Green Bay on Monday night. It's like, no shit. Who wouldn't want to take Green Bay at home against San Fran? Now, they may just sweat it out. But still, that's an easier pick than, you know, not knowing that you can't pick it, like me, playing by the rules. They're cheating. You know what else they did? Thursday night, they took Philly over the Giants. Who doesn't want to pick against Eli Manning? He's terrible. Well, if, if I wanted to cheat, I would have picked Philly too. But I play by the rules, okay? At least I do in this Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. So that's the issue that I'm running into. Not only are the odds stacked against me because I'm kind of in the basement of the standings right now uh, with a tough start to the season with my picks, but I also got people cheating. But I'm 19-11 and 11 on the season. It's a point-based system, and if you want to check out the standings yourself, you can go to podcast1sportsnet.com, and you can also... 
Join in on the trash talk by using hashtag SportsNetChallenge on social media. And as I always tell you, I'm not just picking for me. I'm picking for charity. The winner of the podcast won SportsNet Challenge at the end of the season will get a check for $5,000 to give to a charity of their choice. Okay? Curtis, this, this check of $5,000 to the charity of your choice is courtesy of Bet Online. Also courtesy of Bet Online. And I think I'll let you know a little bit about it more next week. Or maybe this weekend if you follow me on social media at Danny Picard. But because I was 5-0 and last week in my picks, there's also a weekly winner. I get some gift credits from Bet Online of $100 to give away. So keep an eye on that because I'll be telling you how you can win those $100 credits from Bet Online uh, in the next couple days. As soon, as soon as I find out how many I'm getting. I, I don't want to tell you how many I'm getting because I don't know. I think it's a handful, but we'll wait and see. But uh, I am getting something for having a perfect week six. Let's have a perfect week seven, shall we? Pick number one. The Philadelphia Eagles over the Carolina Panthers Sunday at one. This game is in Philly. The Eagles are a five-point favorite at home. The Eagles are three and three. They are coming off a win over the New York Giants on Thursday night. They have extra time to prepare for this game. It's a beatable Carolina Panthers team who's three and two. Uh, Carolina is coming off a 23-17 loss to the Washington Redskins in Week Six. Now. Cam Newton tries to bounce back from a tough loss by going up against an Eagles defense that ranks fifth in the NFL. The Eagles defense allows just 19.5 points per game. And then on the other end, you got Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Eagles. He's he's feeling it right now. Seven touchdown passes and no interceptions in his last three games. And again, home field is key, not just for the Eagles, but also for an Eagles team that has extra time to prepare because they played on Thursday night last week. And again, extra time to prepare against a Carolina team that's certainly beatable. I expect the Eagles to take care of business at home. Give me Philly to win this game in their own building over Carolina Sunday at 1. Then I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Houston Texans Sunday at 1. This game is in Jacksonville. So Jacksonville, they're at home. They're a 4.5-point favorite. The Jaguars at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, The Texans... A three and three. This is a dogfight in this AFC South. There's actually a three-way tie for first place in this division. The other team at three and three is the Tennessee Titans, and they play against the Chargers in London. Kickoff at 9:30 Eastern Time. Uh, for those who are wondering about that, stay away from that game. That game's gonna drag you nuts. But if you want to look at a game in this division that's a dogfight that could be for first place in the division, look at Jacksonville and Houston Sunday at 1 in Jacksonville. I'm taking the Jaguars to win this game. They've lost two straight games. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I think they'll step it up against the Houston team that's won three straight. The problem with this three-game win streak for Houston is that it hasn't really been convincing, right? Bad coaching decisions on the other end. Uh, bad mistakes by other teams' quarterbacks late in games. I, I just don't... Houston, to me, they've underachieved. They've turned it around to, to get to 500 at 3-3, three and three, but they still haven't shown me that they're going to be the team that I expected them to be this season. So uh, I expect Jacksonville to turn things around, to do it in their own building against a beatable Texans team. Give me Jacksonville to win this game at home and get their fourth win of this season. Then I'm taking the New Orleans Saints over the Baltimore Ravens. This game is Sunday at 4 o'clock and it's in Baltimore. The biggest problem about this game, now the Saints are a two and a half point dog on the road. Baltimore is 4-2. and two. The Saints are 4-1. Drew Brees has never beaten Baltimore. He's never beaten Baltimore. And, uh, you know, that you could say is a problem when picking New Orleans to win this game on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is unbelievable. I just think the Baltimore defense that ranks number one in the NFL, allowing only 12.8 points per game, they've yet to see a quarterback running back duo this season like Breeze and Kamara. Also, New Orleans is coming off the bye. And they've won four straight. New Orleans lost week one against Tampa Bay in that shootout, and then they won four straight. Come off a bye, rest some guys up, get extra time to watch Baltimore. I think New Orleans is going to go in to Baltimore and win this one. The Ravens, I told you they're 4-2. They got the number one defense in football. 
They're coming off a 21 to nothing win over Tennessee. Will the Ravens shut out the Saints? No way. No way. I think the question here is, the question here is, can the Saints defense stop the Ravens offense? That's, that's the question. Can the Saints defense slow down the Ravens offense in Baltimore enough where they could keep up and win? I think they'd be able, I think they could do it. I'm taking New Orleans in this one to win the game, get their fifth win of the season. I'm just feeling good about them right now coming off the bye. Give me New Orleans over Baltimore Sunday in Baltimore. Then I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs over the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Chiefs are a six-point favorite. This game got flexed into Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes on the Sunday Night Football NBC Game of the Week stage for the second straight week. Chiefs are coming off the loss to the Patriots, but the most impressive loss that I've seen in a long time, scoring 40 points. Uh, I look at the Bengals. They're coming off a loss to the Steelers. The Bengals' pass defense, not good. Ranks 28th in the NFL. They allow 292 pass yards per game. I expect Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City to carve them up. Mahomes with another big night on Sunday Night Football. KC is for real. The Chiefs are for real. Mahomes is a legit stud. They will beat Cincy in Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs over the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. And then my lock of the week. You got to get your lock of the week right in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge because that's two points, give or take. You get two points if you get it right, minus two points if you get it wrong. It's big. My lock of the week. The Rams, the LA Rams over the San Francisco 49ers. This game is in San Francisco, Sunday at 425. The Rams are a 10-point favorite. They're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. The only undefeated team left because Kansas City lost to the Patriots last week. The Rams are 6-0. The 49ers are 1-5. They are coming off a loss to the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football. 49ers have lost four straight. If you watch that game on Monday night, San Fran made it interesting, right? They did. They made it interesting. Bottom line is they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. And because of that, that's that's really why one of that that's why they're one of the worst teams in football at one and one and five. So um do I think they'll be the team to slow down the Rams? I don't think so. The Rams are a juggernaut. Offensively, defensively, who's gonna we ask the question every week, who's gonna stop them? Who's gonna at least slow them down? It ain't going to be San Fran. I'm sorry. 49ers defense is one of the worst in the league. They allow 30 points per game. The Rams should be able to go on the road and put up one of their usual 30-point games. They're going to score at least 30 on San Francisco. And uh, I just think the 49ers, it's not, this isn't really the recipe to have success allowing 30 points a game and being 1-5 and, and not having their star quarterback. 49ers are not winning this game. The Rams win it. They'll beat San Fran in San Fran, and that's why the Rams are my lock of the week. So those are my picks for Week 7. I'm going with Philly, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Kansas City, and my lock of the week, the L.A. Rams. Picks, picks for Week 7 as part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge is presented by Bet Online. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Again, promo code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. So that's the show for today. We will be back on Monday. Pete, you're going to be back in on Monday. Give me my shoulda, coulda, woulda. I'll be here. Over the weekend. You're going to tell me what I should have bet over the weekend as we look back on everything that happened in the NFL. Uh, We'll look ahead to the World Series. I'm sure we'll know the rotations by Monday. We'll know uh, the Red Sox opponent in the World Series by Monday. And, And, hey, we got the Bruins and the Celtics going on right now. NHL, NBA, any stories that, that happen in those leagues that if it's big, big enough news, we'll talk about it. And um, any security breaches, we'll let you know. Yeah, any anybody spying on anybody, I will be the first to break it for sure. Any huge Major League Baseball stories that will be just the biggest stories in a long time, I will be beating out all. I will be beating out Jeff Passan, Buster Olney, uh, give me someone else, Dan Shaughnessy. I'll be beating them all out to it. Uh, I'll be getting these stories first right here on the Danny Picard Show. We'll break them down for you on 
Monday. Uh, what? Anything else that I'm missing? Anything happening this weekend? Oh, there's fights at the TD Garden. There's boxing at the TD Garden this weekend. So if you're in Boston, check it out. And also WWE Sunday. So a busy weekend at the TD Garden. Uh, I don't think anyone from WWE is going to be on this show. I told them I would go to the Garden and record a podcast with someone. I'm trying to get Kofi Kingston. He's a Boston guy. He likes Boston sports. Thought it would be a good conversation. But WWE usually, they, they don't like to give me any of my requests that I have when they're in town. It's unfortunate. It sucks. And I think they question my reach. But you can't question my reach anymore because the news that I broke with the Astro Spy, everybody and their mother in sports is talking about it. So I think the days are over now, Pete, that they question the reach of the Danny Picard show, right? I sure hope so. Those days are over. This show is over. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday.